<laughs> um, I, I think he, he may have just missed to say something he meant to say. He said, oh, it was the sound last weekend. But if you're new, you wouldn't know what that was. We brought in uh, prophets, and so it's our prophetic weekend. And so that's really what we're going to be doing is, um, did you mention 28 pages? Maybe you didn't. You did. We had 28 pages of words that were to our church family. There they are. Um, and so what we did is we spent a whole day together, hours upon hours, reading through them, seeing, you know, prayerfully what we resonate with. And so we're going to talk about a few of those words, and then we had a few questions come in as well. So first, I want to start with you, Don. And if you could just maybe sort of um, cover the, the high-level things that the Lord spoke over our, our church family, and maybe just hit on a few that stood out to, to the rest of the team. Absolutely. Um, I think the first thing that I would have to say is, is that the sound actually started way before the sound started, because we were positioning our hearts, right? We were praying and fasting. We created an environment of expectation. And so it actually started before those prophets arrived because we were seeking the face and heart of God for ourselves and for our local church. Um, and so what's really cool is even some of the themes, I remember the very first sermon of the year, J.O. preached on God of the impossible. And it, it was even in that sermon, um, and I would just encourage you to go back and listen to that, but um, J.O. even said, hey, the Holy Spirit told him, impossible is not in my vocabulary, right, right? And so what's really cool is the week after J.O. preached God of the Impossible, Ken Wilde was here, and Ken said in 2023, God is doing things you didn't expect. And so there has been this theme, and we saw it in these words over and over and over about impossible, the things that God was going to do. And one thing I think that was so cool, if you remember last year at The Sound, Charlie Sweet came and he prophesied just laser-focused prophecy. Well, he felt the Lord stirring him and Sharon in Florida, and he gave them a word for our house. And I just really quickly want to read a part of it, because there is, there is a congruency to what Holy Spirit is doing, not just here, but from Florida. And so he said, your destiny is won or lost in prayer. Did we not see a shift from the prayer that we brought before the Lord in January? 2023 is a year of intercession at the heart. Listen up. Intercession enforces the victory of the cross. That is a gold nugget we got to grab hold of. The intercession will break strongholds, mindsets, or thinking filled with hopelessness. Man, oh man, heart of the city, church, Things are going to be different in 2023. God is declaring a new season in his church. You need to believe that things are going to be different. You serve the God of the impossible. So this year, believe for impossible things. Man, God is trying to get a point across to us, and that is, is he's going to do things that he's not done here before. The impossible things are going to become possible this year. And so I remember Pastor Eric said, hey, this is a radical house. This is going to be a radical house of faith. And so I just, J.O. says it all the time, you better buckle up. You better buckle up. If you thought 21, 22 was crazy, just wait till God does something impossible in 23. There is one thing I want to say. I know that it seemed like this year a lot of the words were over the house, right? right, right, right. There, were, there were definitely some individual words to, to members of the congregation, but we don't direct, we don't lead or guide the prophets. They're simply saying, God, what would you have me to say? And what I felt like the Lord put in my heart about that is he says that corporate words will become a personal word when we realize we are a part of what God is seeking to do today. Those corporate words become very personal when we activate our faith in what God is doing. The last thing that I want to cover, one of the words that, that um, I don't remember, I think it was Pastor Eric was talking about specifically Pastor J.O. 
and he was talking about him being an apostle for the region. Now, an apostle, it sounds like a really big, fancy word, but really it just means it's like a fathering heart. It's somebody that comes and he sends and he goes. He's very encouraging. And even last night, Pastor J.O. and Pastor Ray Dean were in Spokane Valley. They serve, he serves as an elder for a church over there, and they were over there ministering last night. And it's something that we as an eldership, have already recognized and, and released them to operate within the region at a much larger level. Um, but it's something as a house, there are going to be times where they're going to be ministering in other areas because God has given him a father's heart for a larger area. And so we just wanted to kind of say, hey, heads up. We know this. We see it. We feel it. But just wanted to let you guys know God is calling them to have a larger influence. Beautiful. Yeah. Lots of big words over us as a family, faith, healing, deliverance, so we got to all step out together in this. Uh, Clark, I want to go to you next. There was, of course, God's always interested in discipleship, the Great Commission, all that, but there were some specific things about discipleship that was spoken to us as a, a church family. I wonder if you could touch on some of those. Yes, thank you, Craig. Discipleship here in Heart of the City, one of the main things that discipleship happens is in our small groups, and because they prophesied that there's going to be a whole lot of people coming here. I mean, a whole lot of people. That means that we need to be involved and engaged. That's for everybody that's in, a, in this house right now. And so I want to challenge you. Ask God. Would God put it on your heart to start a city group, to, to start a small group in your home or wherever? Um, he's challenged me a number of times. I'm changing some lifestyle stuff. So I want to challenge you is that, what is God challenging you to do? Something you might not have, not have ever considered before. Be willing to consider that. So uh, more groups in the heart. They also talked about prayer. Prayer taking over our gatherings. In the middle of the, the gathering, the worship time. Out in the hallway. Out in the foyer. People being prayed for. People seeking God together. Amazing stuff are happening. Um, that kind of stuff's happening. Another thing they talked about was healings, 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 healings. Heart of the City Church is a place where healings happen. Yep. Amen. 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 Amen? Amen? So we're going to believe God for more. Yes. More, Lord, more, Lord, more, Lord. And don't ever get tired of asking for more because God loves to bless His children. Amen. God loves to bless our children. So I want everybody here to try to get this word. It's from Isaiah 54, verse 2. It talks about stretching out your tent. He talked about stretching out your arms. We want to be people that are going out beyond where we've been before. Well, yes, we're going to go there. Amen. We're going to go there. So be willing to be stretched beyond your normal capacities. Healings are happening. Prayer groups. God is raising up prayer groups. Beautiful. We have a company of intercessors. I read in there that he's going to double the people who are going to pray. From the day that this place was established years ago, we have always had this philosophy that prayer is the engine room of the church. Yeah. Amen? Can I get an amen? amen. <laughs> the engine room. Come on. We've got to put some more fire into our prayers. We need more fire. The Bible says to stir up the gift that's in you. Stir up the fire, blow on the fire, get it higher and higher so we create more heat. It's going to be real neat when we create more heat. Woo! All right. So, anybody here that's over the age of 60 want you to raise your hand? I'm in that club. Come on. Come on. Raise your hand. Wave your hand at me because I know you really care. Woo-hoo! So, people that are over 60, I want to tell you tonight, he said, don't think that you're going to retire. It's time for you to refire. Get refired in the name of Jesus. Let the fire fall and heed the call. Come on. I'm going to go wherever he sends me, whatever he wants me to do. Here I am to serve you. So last thing I'm going to talk about, times where you can be as an intercessor, where you can be a part of something bigger than yourself. We have prayer in the church on Tuesdays and Wednesdays and Thursdays, 7 on Tuesday and 7 o'clock in the morning on Thursday. Be there and be square with the rest of us because we are square on with God. And be there on Wednesdays to join us at noon for the prayer time and join with the other saints because you're a part of a great work and it's exciting to see what God's doing. Amen. Awesome. 
He's also our rhyming prophet. Yeah. <laughs> J.O., I want to go to you. There was uh, some pretty big words spoken over our, our church about expansion and growth, and I wonder if you want to just share um, what it is that we've resonated with and what it is that we were stretched by even personally. Maybe you're going to share some of it, but would you remind us, for those that weren't here, of what was spoken of our house in regards to expansion and growth? I'd love to. Let me say one thing about Prayer Wednesday. Walked in Wednesday. I had to just kind of stand in the middle of the room because it was so deep of people everywhere. And so one day, hopefully, we leave the vertical room and come in here. But before we leave there, we'll be sardines in that room, and that's okay. Let me read to you straight from the prophetic word uh, what was spoken over our house, uh, over this house, this past sound. Listen real close. So this has been, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm on the wrong paragraph. I'm going to get to that. Here we go. Back up. I see land. Everyone say land. land. I see property. I see a whole lot of parking spaces. I see so, okay, that's enough. I see so many, I got to read, I got to get through it. I, I, I encourage your, I think full for your passion. <laughs> I, I see so many parking spaces. Everybody's got to be able to, to have a parking space. And I see a place of worship, and I don't like going around saying numbers, but I felt like, sorry, I'm just prophetically checking myself. But I'm going to also step out of the boat. I see something ten times bigger because the boat has to get bigger for the harvest. So it's something in the future for the harvest that God wants to bring into this house. So this has been the training room. And what I heard the Spirit of the Lord say as I was walking through the lobby because I saw all the people who were sitting in the lobby. God bless you. Wave. We wave and say hello. What's up? Woo. And I heard the Spirit of the Lord say in this place that this bill, this cost is my cost. For the mortgage is not yours, says the Lord, but it's mine. The battle is not yours, says the Lord. It's mine. All I want to do is come out to battle and stand still and see the salvation. All I want you to do is come out to the battle and stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. For I will cause there to be a house of restoration, a house of healing, a house where families will come in and they will be healed in moments through words, through songs. So I'm going to cause now this house to come into a place of blessing. And some people might hear this word and say, well, how can it be? But God says, am I not the creator of heaven and earth? Do I not own the cattle on a thousand hills? Am I not the one who made all of this anyway? Didn't David write that the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof? Whoa. So watch and see, because I'm about to open up something that's going to absolutely blow your mind, says the spirit of the Lord. And you're up here prodding me to do this. So it's your turn. Something's going to blow your mind. We discussed 10 times the size. That could be 10 times the land, 10 times the building, 10 times the size of the sanctuary, 10 times the size of the people. We don't know. We're trying to really discern what that means. But we do know it's property, it says, uh, and land. And it, and it does say, and it will blow your mind. So I wanted to begin here today. People laughed at me first gathering, but I'm not trying to be funny. If you have land that you want to give to the church and you feel like God is putting it upon your heart to give it, maybe it's 10, maybe it's 20, maybe it's 50 acres. This is five acres, so if it was acres, it would be 50 acres. If it was acres, we don't know if it's acres, but what we're doing is walking by faith. So if you have land that you feel like is in the Coeur d'Alene area and you want to give the church, you can raise your hand right now because we'll accept it from you this day. Maybe it's not land. Maybe you want to give the money to buy the land. Whatever it may be, the word was very clear. It didn't say I was going to do a capital fundraising plan and do, uh, and, you know, do offerings for the rest of my life. It said that, no, he was going to do it. We were going to stand still, see the salvation of God. So Dave said something very unique this morning. He says, hey, if the word of w would have been in Worley, they live out towards Worley. He has 120 acres. He says, I would have prayed about 
if I was supposed to give it or give a portion of it. So if you uh, feel like God uh, puts that upon your heart, please let us know. Email us. Just talk to me. Just grab me. Or if you have the ability to buy the land, uh, we're just putting it out there. We're doing our best to walk by faith and believe God for what he said. Amen? Thank you. Yeah, just by way of teaching, just so you guys are catching it, that when, when we get a, a, a word, and you can apply this to your own life, that there's a, there's a testing of the word and a wrestling of the word that is, is good and should happen. And so we were literally saying, okay, we have 4.9 acres. Does that mean 49 acres? Or this, there's 600 chairs in here. Does that mean a, a room that seats 6,000 chairs? Or there's maybe 2,000 people in the church. Does it mean like 20,000 people in the church? And so we're just trying to like wade through, Lord, what are you saying and how would you want that to be accomplished? And so you can apply that to your own uh, life when you get a prophetic word as well. So I want to go to Seth next. There's a number of things that were, and, and a lot of confirmational words of things that have been spoken in the past, but things that were spoken about our weekend gatherings um, or more of our corporate ministry in particular. Would you touch on some of those? Absolutely. I want to start with a, a quote from uh, one, of the, one of the prophecies. It was, the day will come and now, is, and now is where these meetings will go and go and go and keep going, says the Lord. They're just going to keep going. Because one thing, there's a difference between visitation and habitation. God no longer wants to visit your house. He wants to habitate in your house, and he wants to stay here. Well, he wants to stay here. And so um, we, there were several really beautiful, exciting things that the Lord had to say through his prophets when it came to what's going to happen when we gather What's going to happen when we sing to the Lord, when we lift praise and thanksgiving? What's going to happen when uh, God encounters us w- with his manifest presence? And um, there several pieces, I'll just try to rattle off a few. One of them was this multi-generational thing where we already heard that the over 60s are going to be a big part of it. They're going to be activated. One of the words over the over 60s was they're going to be hospital emptiers. And then similarly, the word of the Lord was over the children, that they were going to invade our gatherings and that they were going to be laying hands on the sick, that they were going to be prophesying, that we were going to be bringing in prophetic ministers specifically to equip our children to to walk in miracles, to walk in healing, and to walk in prophecy. And we're leaning into that. We, we, are, we are thinking and talking about and even taking action about restructuring our gatherings to make room for these kinds of things. There were words about, uh, about the music ministry and how simply people were going to be playing music. Some of our instrumentalists, there's one sitting on the front row right there, Bailey, who, Bailey and Dalen and, and others who are going to play their instruments and, and people are going to be saved, people are going to be healed, and people are going to be delivered just in the midst of the presence of God, not because of... of uh, of eloquence of speech, but because of the manifest power of God, because when God's in the room, there's nothing that's impossible. And there's going and, and, and the word was, hey, we're going to sing and we're going to play and God's going to do the heavy lifting. So we're believing that way. And I want to encourage you and invite you to believe with us that we're going to press into the presence of God. We are going to make room for him to do his thing. And there was even words about equipping, similarly, that they're going to be an equipping of worshipers and equipping of preachers, that this house is going to be a house of the presence and that we're going to actually teach the flow of the Spirit and teach the heart of God. And so I want, I'm inviting you personally, will you join us in making space and becoming a place where he can rest? Beautiful. I want to let you know that a lot of this particular part is confirmational for us. We had already been feeling these things about the kids and about the gathering. There's no clock going on right now in this gathering. And he said habitation, so get ready. We're going to be here till midnight tonight. When Bailey started playing last weekend, it was absolutely phenomenal. The first note, rivers of refreshing were just going out. It's so beautiful. And if you're thinking like, the violinist is going to be a demon slayer. That's weird. Well, David played an instrument and a spirit left. That's right. It's not really a new thing. So, yeah. Oh, man. I want to follow up um, and just address some specific words that were spoken because as much as we've been talking about, like, the building and, and things that happen kind of corporately here, um, I want to let you know that, number one, we recognize that 99.9% of the people that make up our church family are not going to 
work at the church or stand on a stage and hold a microphone like this, but your voice matters, your life matters, your ministry matters. We believe in you. And by the way, there was really some prophetic words spoken towards especially entrepreneurs and business owners at the 11-11 gathering. You should go back and watch that if you're an entrepreneur or business owner. But um, generally, there was this word about uh, temple life and city life and how those are going to overlap and, and, and work together. And so um, I just I want to remind you that this is not the, the generation where just everybody just goes to church, right? It's not the 50s. It's not like every family just goes to church. It's, you know, the, really the, the way that most people today are going to encounter Jesus is through Christians in the wild. That's, that's you, and so we believe in you, we root you on, we, and we want to make sure that you know that what you're doing out at your business or your job or school or daycare, wherever you're going in the grocery store, that you matter and you are a part of this church. And together for us to impact the city, it's not just about the temple. It's about, it's about us being in the wild and ministering to people. And then, you know, God has a place for ministry here and a place for ministry out there. So we believe in you. We cheer you on. We want you to, to embrace that because that's a prophetic word to you. Amen. Awesome. Um, I want to turn to Dave now, actually. Um, there was, uh, J.O. mentioned a, a marriage retreat we have coming up. Maybe you want to touch on that. Uh, that's a new thing. But there's some other things that were spoken towards marriage. Uh, you know, it's, it's the most important covenant commitment that a human being can make. So would you just touch on a few things that we heard and that we resonated with? Yeah, absolutely. First, I just, I am a people watcher. And I oftentimes see the back of your head like, like Barrett. Oh, this is what the front of his face looks like. I knew it was... <laughs> Uh, Zach Coleman, I see the hair on the back. There's a lot of hair on the front as well. I know it's, it's like the same front or back. Um, it is uh, in the first service. I very much felt this, uh, and this service is just the Father's heart for each person who is a part of this congregation. Uh, he cares so much about each one of you. And, and there was a word that came uh, from Patrick. And I, I want to say this in, in, with the Father's heart. He declared over this congregation that we would be a divorce-free zone, which is amazing, which is wonderful. But when I look out and I feel the Father's heart, as I look in a group this big, there's all of our lives, for the most part, have been touched by divorce. And God's heart is big for you. If that's part of your story then God cares. This is the, a perfect place for you. This is a place of healing. This is a place of hope. But from this point going forward, we're saying that this is a divorce-free zone. Um, I meditated on that and thought about that. What does that mean? Is there some magic wand that we just shake over the congregation and say, oh, let's just say this is a fat-free zone. <laughs> Boom. Just, just shake that over. And I received that. But... <laughs> What I'm saying is that there's more to the story than just a declaration. There is work on our part that comes with that declaration. Ephesians 5 says that husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church. Wives, submit to your husband as Christ submitted to the Father. That there is personal change. I we have, uh, I've been married for 31 years, almost 31 years, and we, we don't use the D word, but we also don't get to treat each other like garbage because we don't use the D word. Um, so I would, uh, I'd absolutely declare this to be a divorce-free zone, but I declare that we, we do the work in our marriages. As a part of the leadership, um, we are doing our very first ever uh, marriage retreat. Why are we doing that? Because we want to invest in the marriages of this house. Um, it's not this coming weekend. It's the weekend following that. Um, I think my wife said there's one spot left. Whether you have an amazing marriage and uh, seldom is heard a discouraging word or anything like that, uh, or if you're in a marriage that is rough and rocky, doesn't matter where we're at, we need to invest. We need to, we need to be Christ-like towards each other. Beautiful. 
All right, I want to turn to some practical areas and uh, some specific questions that we got about the sound and maybe some of the things that we, that we do around here. So I just want to invite everybody to do this. Put your, put your hand out like this. I'm just going to do a little test, a little survey here. Okay. Um, turn your hand up if you think the volume of the music should go higher or lower. Higher or lower. Look at that. Look at that. We got some hires. We got some middles. We got some lowers. Oh, different opinions in the church. That's awesome. Okay. If you think the lights should be brighter or darker? <laughs> okay. What if you think we should have more haze or less haze? <laughs> we, got some, we got some people really shaking it. Guys, it's incense to the Lord. It's, it's biblical, okay? Incense. <laughs> okay. Let me, okay let, me get, let, me, let me do one more. Let me do one more. Let me do one more. Not your spirit, not like the place the Holy Spirit lives, but your flesh. Raise your hand if you like the idea of a, of a church or a building 10 times bigger, or you just want to kind of keep it as it is. In my flesh? Not, yeah, just in your flesh. Yeah. Or the reason I do that, the reason I do that is... Oh, so that means that nobody believes the prophetic word that was spoken. No, I said not in their spirit. I said not in, not in their spirit. Not in their spirit. Everybody's spirit wants to grow. I, I asked it like that on purpose, J.O., because I wanted, I wanted everybody to see that there's different opinions out here, but there's even different opinions up here. And, like, and you didn't hear, but like last night, Dave, and I really appreciate it, he just said, hey, I personally, I don't really necessarily want us to grow 10 times, like, but I know that my spirit agrees with the word of God. And so that's why I asked it like that, because... Things are uncomfortable sometimes. Yeah, you should. Come on, Pastor, listen to me. Some things we're uncomfortable with, and but you, some things you might love, and but we're not all. Every single one of us going to have exactly what we want all the time. But that's part of being family. So it's okay. Um, but in light of that, I want to ask you, Don, a couple questions about um, some questions that came into us, and, and maybe about the sound or larger than that. So like. Some people said, man, it felt really weird last weekend. We're all locked out there, and the doors are locked until a certain time, and then kind of felt like Black Friday, everybody running in here. And, um, and so maybe you could just speak to that, like what our heart is behind some of those things. And then, and then one specific question was like, why, why are there little guys running around with cameras everywhere? And, and you know, some of, the, some of them are big guys. Um, but maybe you could address some of those things. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, if you look around the room right now, this is actually pretty light for an 1111, I'm going to be honest. But if you look around right now, there's still plenty of seats in here. But every year, come the sound, this place is just filled to overflowing. And so regarding that idea, somebody said, God, felt like Black Friday, people pushing and shoving. My assumption is, is that all of those people that were doing that were guests. Because I know that you guys would never do that, right? 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 Yeah. And so... The other thing I was thinking about is, is the idea of Black Friday, it's all about consumerism, right? And as believers, we are not consumers. We are family, and Jesus said, you're going to bear much fruit. So we're actually producers. And so I just want to say that I understand the sentiment, and I, I could understand the frustration. One thing that, that I, I want you guys to know, we actually were, were letting elderly Senior folks, wheelchair folks, walker folks in the side door to make sure that they were able to get in, get seated. Um, so we were doing our best to make sure that it was as equitable for everyone. Another thing was people were like, hey, the, the first couple rows were, were blocked off. What was that all about? We value the people that serve in our house. Come on, let's, let's clap. Let's go. We value you. And we want it. So many times in the past, you're out there in bridges, you're greeting people, loving on people in the parking lot, and then you come in when your responsibilities are done and the place is packed out and you're like standing against a door somewhere. Well, this year we wanted to honor the people that are loving on you as you walk in, people that are filling necessary roles and responsibilities. So you know what? If you want to have one of those seats next year, we're gonna pass a clipboard, just kidding. But really, get on a team. Start serving in the house of the Lord because we so value that and we wanna recognize and honor that. As far as the little camera guys darting back and forth, 
that's something personally that it's distract. Okay, there's just Angela. I thought there was a guy right here, right now. Hi, Angela. It's great to see you. Um, <laughs> like this, but it's for me, it's distracting in the middle of worship. And so Craig and I were actually talking about this, and I thought that he offered some really valuable perspective. Um, and so, yeah, just yeah, sure, yeah. Not everybody per se likes that, but. Uh, you know, again, our heart is just to reach people and to be a blessing to people. And there, there's a growing online audience. And uh, I think we would say this, first of all, anybody that's joining us online, if you're in the region, we would all agree we'd love to see you here in person. We don't think it would be the best option to just sit in your bed and, and if you can come, because there's something powerful that happens in person. But we also recognize that God is doing a unique thing in this generation, reaching people all over the globe. We've seen hundreds and thousands of people actually make commitments to Jesus online. I, one of my ministries is an online ministry, and so I spend a lot of time in the digital space, and, and I will lead people to the Lord and then say, here's your next steps. Read the Bible, pray, find a church. And I have people literally in Zambia and Philippines, like, I don't have a church near me. What should I do? Like, they don't have one. I know we have 80 in this town we could choose from, but there are people on this globe that are meeting God that don't have one. And so part of the reason is just to offer those people online the best experience possible. So there's, there's lots of other practical things that we could address that people are going to have different opinions on. And we just invite you to just say, hey, if it's a peripheral issue, I'm going to have grace and trust that we're doing our best just to serve God, honor God, and, and serve people. So uh, I got one more question. Just in light of the sound, prophetic ministry, and, and one of the questions that came to us from some, from some gals that I, um, one of them doesn't go here, and just genuine question, people that didn't necessarily understand the atmosphere, but they got invited, and they thought, okay, we'll check it out and see. Um, but they said, how does God choose who's a prophet, or like who gets to prophesy? And it was a super genuine question, so I actually wanted to throw that to Seth and just um, let you, I know that's a big topic, and really could take a whole multiple messages, but if you could just share a little bit towards that, that question, that'd be awesome. Absolutely. First of all, I want to give a plug because the sermon that was right before the sound, the weekend before, was called The Voice of God, and that sermon does a much better job than I'm about to do explaining this, so I highly encourage you to go watch it if you're interested in this, but I'm going to give you the Reader's Digest version as best that I can. First, I'm going to give you three scripture references that I don't have time to read right now, and I feel, feel really bad about it, but it would be about a page and a half of reading and can't do it. So 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and Ephesians 4. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, and Ephesians chapter 4. So I want to talk to you about essentially three categories of the way that the Lord moves through people prophetically. The first one uh, is the hardest category to kind of describe, but we're, we're, what we'll say is we'll say atmosphere of prophecy, or we'll say God can do whatever he wants. That's category one. Category two, we're going to say the gift of prophecy, and then category three, we're going to say the proven prophet, or some people would describe it as the office of the prophet. Okay, is that fair? I'm going to go through each one. So this first one, we see in these scripture passages as well in the book of Acts and several other places, that there are certain times where God decides to use any of us to speak through and, and, and to move in, in the area of prophecy. So if you're a believer today, I want to let you know, get ready, because God could use you to prophesy. You are not exempt. You are not excluded. God can use any person, any believer, he can speak through them and, that, and they can prophesy in certain atmospheres or at certain times because God can do whatever he wants. That's, that's the first category. Second category we're going to say is, is the gift of prophecy. Now it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 that, that he apportions to each as he wills. And it talks about several of the gifts, one of them being prophecy. And so the way that I, would, that I like to think about it, I think it's helpful, is imagine a mason jar and you got lima beans. And, and it's, not, it's not just you have lima beans or you don't. There are portions that you have, that we have of gifts. And so when it comes to the gift of prophecy, some of us have been given a, a, a greater portion of prophecy. Some others, interpretation of tongues, others, miracles, so on and so forth, the different spiritual gifts. He apportions to each as he wills. And so there, that second category, the gifting of, the gift of prophecy, if someone has been greatly apportioned in the area of prophecy, they may prophesy more often. They may prophesy more precisely or specifically. Their tendency is to move in that because it is one of their stronger gifts. Does that make sense? Now the third category, which I believe that Ephesians chapter 4 speaks to when he when it talks about and so he gave the apostles the prophets the evangelists the shepherds and the teachers and there are other passages as well that distinctly uh, call the prophet 
And this would say, I would say with this one, it's a very distinct call that it's not just a great apportioning of the gift, but this is a part of your identity, the part of what God has designed you for in the body of Christ. So I'd say there's an element to where there's a track record. There's an element to where proven. There's an element of development. There's an element of you've been doing this and you've been shown to actually be a prophet. So that's really, really short three categories, ways that the Lord would move upon his people for prophecy. The the big nugget that I want you to take away is this. God might use you to prophesy. In fact, I believe he will. Would you be open to it? Would you not just view it as this other thing? Well, that's, I'm not a prophet. Well, okay, maybe you're not a prophet, but he may use you to prophesy because he can do whatever he wants. And it's a beautiful thing to be used by God in order to impact someone else's life and to be able to share the word of the Lord with someone so they might be encouraged. Amen? Amen. Beautiful. Oh, do you have more? All right, go on. Can I, it's okay? Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. Rochelle, hey, um, so just, I, I really care about the purity of prophecy, so I'm gonna let you guys know that I know Rochelle to a certain extent, and I have seen her minister. And so not all of this is gonna come from a place of supernatural knowledge. It's very, very important that I, I, don't, want, I don't want the purity of prophecy to ever, ever be tainted in this house. I do know some things about here, but I believe that the Lord showed me something else. Yes, I believe that you are a prophet, but I believe what the Lord showed me was that sometimes when people are, are, have a gift of prophecy, other people can assume, well, they don't need a word because they have just like this direct plumb line and so they can just hear from God anytime that they need to about their own lives. And actually a lot of times what happens with people who are gifted in the area of prophecy is that they, that there's, this, there's this sensitivity and this preciousness in their hearts. They never wanna mix the flesh with the spirit. And so sometimes when you're gifted in the area of prophecy, there can be this thing where it's like, I have a hard time hearing from myself sometimes because it matters so deeply to me that the flesh isn't mixed in. And I know so much about my own life that it's hard not to mix the flesh when I'm hearing about the, from the Lord for my own life. Does that make sense? And so what I wanted to do is I believe the Lord spoke to me and, and what I saw you is I saw you like a wonder woman in the spirit, but that he was, he was telling me, hey, Seth, She's a prophet that needs to be encouraged. She's a prophet that needs to be comforted. She's a prophet who, by the way, needs a word because she cares so much about the purity of prophecy. She doesn't want to mix the flesh in, that she wants to hear from another source. And I believe that the Lord comes to you today and says, even though you are like a wonder woman in the spirit, he says, I still got your back. I have your back and it's okay. Those areas where you feel weak and where you feel vulnerable, I still have your back. You don't have to be Wonder Woman. There are a lot of situations where you walk in with all kinds of prophetic authority and people are like, wow, she must have everything together. You don't have to have everything together. There, there, we all have pieces in our life that are broken, that are hurting, that are challenging. And, he, and I believe that he comes to you and he says, I am bridging those gaps. He comes to you and says, by the way, you can still come to me for rest. And I know that you do. I'm not saying that you've had a a lacking of that. But he wanted to come and to remind you that even though a lot of people think you have everything together because you move so strongly in the area of prophecy and you do hear very clearly from the Lord, that he comes to you today and he says that I still want to be the one who holds you and comforts you in the areas where you feel hurt, where the areas where you're struggling, where the areas where you don't feel weak even when everyone, or you don't feel strong even though everyone else thinks that you're strong. Yes, you're a woman or woman in the spirit, but you also have permission to just be a daughter in my arms, the Lord says to you. So, amen. Can we, can we extend our hands to Rochelle this morning? Father, we thank you for our sister Rochelle, and we thank you for the radical gift of prophecy that you have given her. We thank you that she is a gift to the body of Christ in and of herself, Lord, but we also affirm this word over her of comfort and of peace that says, Lord, you have her back, and that you are still the one who says, yeah, you can still come in my arms, and you don't have to have it all together. In Jesus' name, let it be so. This goes with just something that's been stirring in my spirit for our house since the sound. Um, This area has got a prevalently, they're known for prejudice in the past. There's a little scourge. And Jonathan and I felt when we came here all those years ago, 16 and a half years ago, that God was going to bring us here. And at Heart of the City Church, he would do a work of restoration and redemption in that area. And I believe that he is. And I just, I want to read this scripture over you, that this is God's heart for his people. In Acts 17, verse 29, it says, From one man, he has made every nationality to live over the whole earth and has determined their appointed times and the boundaries of where they will live. And there have been people that have not felt safe living in this area. 
but that's about to change. And they're already coming in. And I just want to decree and declare today that Heart of the City Church is a safe place for nationalities. It's not just a safe place. It's not just a haven. It's a place of healing. And it's a place of launching for you. And with this overtly kind of uh, thing that's been over this area in the area of prejudice that has extended to females inside the church. And so I just felt this unction when Seth was prophesying over Rochelle and for other women who have gotten big words in churches and then they have nowhere to go with them. That God is also breaking through in that area as God made both male and female in his image. That the fullness of who God is would be able to be displayed in his church. And so, Father, we just thank you, Lord, the heart of the city church. If you just raise your hands with me, if you agree with that, I hope you do. Jesus, that you can have your way here, that we want to see the fullness of every nation, every nationality coming in here, God. We want every people, every color to be in this house, God, the full expression of heaven at heart of the city church, including how you fashioned and formed women in ministry, God. We thank you, Lord, for the privilege of carrying this out and seeing people walking in their destiny in Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we say amen to that? Could I have the Harding family stand up, please? I do know this family, but you can prophesy over people when God gives you a word, and that's all there is to it. And so earlier, I felt like the Lord dropped a scripture into my heart for you, this family. Listen real close. Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. And I feel like the Lord would speak to you and say, you are a marked family. You are, as a family, I see a big E over you. Just as a family, you're evangelistic. That God's going to use you in such a mighty way. They're going to look upon your family and go, wow, what is it that you have? And it's going to open a door for you to be able to share the mystery the love and the beauty of Christ in each one of you. And even as I began to think about the scripture, he's going to make a way in the wilderness, rivers in the desert. I felt like the Lord told me some of the different rivers and deserts is this, is that he's going to open up opportunities for you in 23 in new areas of business, new entrepreneur ideas that you better, you better get ready. There's going to be a river here. 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 And God will lead you. Don't be overwhelmed by that. God is going to lead you. But I believe that he's the one that's going to open the doors. He's going to bring some connections that's going to be beautiful. And it's not just you, but it's you too. It's both of you together that God's going to open up doors. And I just want to uh, uh, say a word over your kids that they are marked your kids are marked you have a spirit of worship on you and a spirit of prayer upon you and you are different it's like i'm looking at a shadrach meshach and abednego those who listen they're not willing to bow even at an early age, you're giving yourself over to the presence of God, the Word of God, in dance, in singing, and joy, and in prayer. And I would say to you parents, I hear the Father say, well done, good and faithful servant. Well done. At times you felt like a failure, but I'm here to tell you, you have not failed. I see a big A over you today. A, God's hands upon you in such a beautiful fashion. And as a family unit, God's going to use you powerfully but I think you need to really hear the echo of the voice of the spirit today do not remember the things of the old let those things even Paul said I forget those things say that with me I forget I sometimes you just got to forget it because he has a beautiful future for you um, an amazing destiny it is a listen let me just prophesy. It is a new day. It is a new day. It is a new day. Even as eight means new beginnings and 23 is the first going back to the first alphabet, I think, in the 
Greek or Hebrew? Hebrew. It's a new day for you. It's a new day. You receive that? Amen. Amen. God bless you. Uh, Dell. Dell, right? Dell? Name Dell, right? I don't know your wife's name, but I want her to stand up for a moment. I feel like the Lord spoke to me is that there's people that pray and there's people that intercede. But I feel like God has called you to be a chief intercessor. You don't just pray. You don't just, you know, you do just pray, but you pray and you're one that can move mountains. You'll say to the mountain, be thou removed. There is a faith in you and there is a word in you. And it's like he's crowned you for prayer and intercession. This is exactly what Christ does for us. He intercedes for us day in and day out. And you align yourself with the spirit of the living God. And he has put this call. It's not just something that you have stirred up and it's not just something that you do, but you are actually called to be a chief intercessor. You already know this in your heart. You already know this in your spirit. But God would say today, I want you to know that I hear your prayers. And your prayers have moved heaven. And your prayers have moved my hand. He just wants you to see and know that you're known in heaven as an intercessor today. Amen. Amen. Wow. <laughs> Woo. I don't have a word for a person or an individual. I have a word for a group of people. This is for anyone who has moved here in the last year. Raise your hand. All right. Come on. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. The Holy Spirit wanted me to tell you that he moved you here. God put it in your heart to come to Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Hallelujah. He has purposes and plans for you. You don't know all the reasons why you came, but he's going to get you the answers. Here's your word. Wait upon him. He's going to reveal your purpose. But they that wait upon the Lord, they wait upon the Lord, and they shall renew their strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. So everyone who raised your hand, I want you to raise your hand again. I'm going to pray a really short prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, you see every hand. You know their situation. You put your finger on their heart and you pluck them up from wherever they were and you brought them to a, a place called Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Some of them didn't even know what, where is that? What is that? It was the Holy Spirit moving you, drawing you. And now, Father, in the name of Jesus, reveal your purposes, your plan, your direction. Father, uh, I pray for a revealing of the will of God, Lord. Father, give them revelation. Give them insight why they're here. They're here for a reason and for a season for you to use them to expand the kingdom. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Carla, would you stand up, please? Father loves you so much. You're a person who is always looking after the needs of others, right? You say, God, I need a word, I need a word, and you don't get one, and you're still happy that other people do. You're a person who cares for other people at great personal expense. And I feel like the Lord is coming to you today, and he's saying, I'm taking the burden off. I'm taking the, the garment of, of burden off of you, the garment of weeping off of you, and in its place, I'm giving you a garment that is light. It's a garment of praise. And God said, it is no longer your burden to fix everybody in your family. It's no longer your burden, Carla, to be the one that stands in the gap because the Lord says, I'm coming on your behalf. I'm coming to fight for your family. He says, your time of rest has come. Cast off the heaviness, cast off the weight because it is, it is God's turn to fight that battle on your behalf. Do you receive that today? Amen. I love you, sister. Libby. Hi, Libby. Last night and at 9.09, I really felt God just putting you kind of in the spotlight. And 
Libby's an unusual name. I know it, sometimes it's a nickname for other names, and I don't know if that's the case with you, but I looked it up, and it says, traditionally, Libby is an English short form of Elizabeth, meaning God's promise. It can also be short for Isabel, Liberty, Lydia, Libertad, and Olivia. Increasingly, it's being used as an independent name, especially in England. From the root, Hebrew root, Lev, meaning beloved. And I really keyed off on the liberty or libertad, which is Spanish for liberty. And what I really felt like the Lord was saying, have you guys heard that saying, what would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? What would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? And I feel like the Lord is saying that my promise, my beloved, which is what your name means, what would you do if you really believed the depth of my love for you? I believe that there is a freedom that is coming. You've experienced freedom as your name implies, but I feel like it's more than just freedom, it's flourishing. There's a difference between being free and flourishing, and I feel like God is coming to, if I can put my hands on you, I feel like God is coming to release a voice, release a cry, coming to release your tongue, and I feel like that there's gonna be a new place of worship inside of you where if God loves me, I am his beloved, I am his promise, why would I not worship with everything that I have? So God, we just thank you for the liberty that Libby is going to experience in the spirit. God, we release inside of her a spirit of worship, even a prophetic worship that's gonna come out of your mouth. You're no longer gonna be singing the words that are on the page, but you're gonna start moving in a new level and anointing of the Holy Spirit in worship because you know that you are your Father's beloved and you know that you have his approval. And so, God, we release inside of her not just freedom, but flourishing in the Spirit, prophetically, in worship, even off the stage, in your words to people. We release it in the name of Jesus. Amen. The word that I had was uh, for a gentleman who I've never met. I met him this morning. Um, and uh, some of us are built just a little bit different. Um, and the thing I love about this house is that that's okay. Um, and I met, I met CJ, and, and I even kind of hesitate to, because I don't want to be embarrassing or, or something like that. Sometimes not everybody likes all of your eyes looking at them. But the, the word that, the, 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 the picture that I saw, and I don't know you, I don't know anything about you, uh, but the picture that I saw um, as I was, you know, led to, to give a word, was just these massive tires. Um, and they're not massive tires to be cool. Some of you have huge tires on your trucks to look cool. Um, some of us aren't built that way. Some of us make choices because it's, there's a purpose. Um, and I felt like that is who you are. Um, that there is, those tires are for a reason, to take you off-road. And sometimes there's gonna, it's going to get a little bit muddy, um, and it's going to look a little bit different than other people's lives. Um, but he's called, he has a call and a purpose on your life uh, to reach people, to touch people. And it's, it's off-road. It's not on the road that everybody else is on. But he wants to use you for his purpose, uh, and he has a, a, a utility for your life.